0: This is what's great about sports. This is what the greatest thing about sports is.
1: This is without question the most comfortable red sweater I've had on in six years. Uh, th- playoffs? What are you doing with a school bag on stage? You can't even read. If I don't eat breakfast, I'll f***ing pistol. And it's a deep to left check. Andrew Jones on the run. This one has a chance. Come around. Come on. Reverses it. And the pass goes into the end zone. To Nick and Foles. it's a touchdown by Nick Foles inside, it's Messi! Ah! Ah! Oh! oh, the gets out on the field! Winner, winner, chicken and waffle dinner! Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the almost world famous wide open sports cast. This is Feds.
0: I'm Rick, I just screwed up that, but let's continue. <laughs>
1: <laughs> nice dude. It's all good. Um, we are recording on Wednesday, January 9th. The time is six ten PM in New Jersey. And again, you can find the wide open sports cast on SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play, and tune in. And don't forget that you can also find us on Twitter at wideopen underscore sports. Rick, good to be back with you in the booth. How you doing, my friend?
0: Good, man. I got an announcement.
1: All right, go. I downloaded a soundboard. Yay!
0: Uh, so I need. I'm gonna figure out some clips. I mean, like, I got a few, but probably none of them are appropriate. Besides, you know, the drum roll. I mean, I have some bad ones, like. I'm Chris Hansen with Dateline NBC. You know, like things like that, but we don't, <laughs> we'll figure out what clips we want, but I have a soundboard, we'll have some fun with it. Uh, oh, I got a good one for uh, hot take, whenever. Yeah. I... Tactical nuke incoming!
1: So we got that. That just reminds me of the Indiana Jones scene when he survives the nuclear explosion inside of the refrigerator.
0: <laughs> I haven't watched Indiana Jones in forever, man.
1: Yeah, that was the that was the fourth one that no one liked, uh, Kingdom of the Crystal Skull with Shia LaBeouf.
0: Oh, is that the one that uh, South Park made fun of saying that uh, they, <laughs> they raped
1: Indiana Jones? <laughs> and uh, Star Wars.
0: And Star Wars, yeah.
1: Okay. Yeah, that was the one.
0: All right, well how was your uh how was your break man it was good how was everything because we haven't recorded since before christmas yeah
1: dude it was a little too fast believe it or not uh but it's good to be back back in the swing now with work um bowling and a few other things going on um seeing john mulaney and pete davidson sunday night nice dude have fun with that yeah that's gonna be awesome um my girlfriend's friend like got the seats we're like five rows off the stage
0: that's awesome man i'm heading down to uh, georgia this weekend so
1: what are you doing down there
0: business trip you know working nine to five and all that jazz at
1: least you still get a trip yeah
0: exactly man
1: but so here's the thing though about the show i'm going to right so, what they do when you walk in is you get kind of like a glasses case that you put your phone in, and then you close it, and the thing locks for the entirety of the show.
0: A glass? Wait.
1: Like, imagine, I'm like, you know, like, how you get, like, a glasses case. You take it, you slide, you slide your glasses in, and there's a little flap, and you close it, and your glasses remain inside. Okay, yeah. They do that. They made that at the State Theater in New Brunswick, but for your phone. Because you know uh, how they don't want you stealing content?
0: Okay, okay. so uh, I just heard only for your glasses. It's like, what, what does it matter if you wear glasses or not? Okay, your phone. Okay, now so I literally,
1: get it. literally, like, locks your phone inside. Well, I mean, that
0: makes sense. I mean, one, I'm sure John Mulaney doesn't want anyone uh, recording his shit. Because, I mean, I'm, I'm sure he's going to have a Netflix special on this or some other special from some other network. And two, I mean so you can just pay attention to the show.
1: But it's going to be the second half of the Eagles game. Huh.
0: So you have to put your phone in it?
1: Yeah, you must. Interesting. And then when you walk out, you like put the like the little carrier thing over a scanner and it just unlocks.
0: So what you should do, if it, like honestly, what if if you're going to if you're going to go like real risky with this, what you should do? You should bring like your iPod touch and just put it in
1: or just maybe bring two phones
0: or just yeah i mean i don't know do you have two phones
1: i could find a broken phone somewhere
0: <laughs> yeah i'm sure we all can
1: but oh, uh definitely
0: yeah let's uh let's jump into it cuz uh we missed uh, a few big games but let's talk about some college football first uh,
1: so what we're going to do is we're going to do a review and a preview
0: exactly so, let's jump into the national championship game. And honestly, dude, I was real surprised. I, uh... I mean, Nick Saban hasn't been being like that since he coached the Miami Dolphins.
1: Yeah, I was about to say that. Um, yes. Very happy Clemson won. Very happy.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I bet on Clemson. I Like, I thought... I thought Clemson's defense was was great I I mean I knew it was great but I didn't think it was gonna be as great against this uh, Alabama offense just that just looked so unstoppable this year but they they did never face Clemson and honestly, dude I almost thought about turning it off but you know the one reason why I didn't turn it off
1: because you were definitely enjoying Trevor Lawrence
0: No, no. I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah, sure. I was enjoying Trevor Lawrence. But the one reason why I turned it off, I didn't turn it off, was I was expecting some sort of comeback. Nick Saban does not lose like this. Alabama does not lose like this. The Mm -hmm. last time Alabama lost like this or lost this badly was when Nick Saban was on LSU versus Alabama. Yeah. So with them going down like this, it was shocking. And it was almost not not great. Like, I thought this game was going to be amazing. It was okay. It was, it was amazing in the fact of Clemson was amazing. But Alabama was not there. Didn't look there. They made some stupid calls like that fourth down fake uh, field goal.
1: With a freshman kicker leading the way on the block.
0: <laughs> With a freshman kicker leading the way on the block. And then – uh, before the first half ended, the very uninspired drive to go into the half by Alabama. Like, what the hell was that? Like, not using their timeouts right. Like, what the hell were they thinking?
1: Dude, I, I have no idea. I mean, start the conspiracies. Nick Saban purposely threw the game, right? Um, So, here's some stats for you. So, you said it. The last time Alabama lost a game by more than 20... 20- was 2003 when they lost to LSU who was coached by Saban yeah what was their biggest margin of defeat um under Nick Saban before this
0: I want to say like five points oh wait no the Auburn the Auburn uh the Auburn bowl six points nope the uh, yeah, when, when they lost on that uh, field goal return?
1: Nope. What was it? 14 points. By who? Uh, they lost to um, – I just lost the thing, but they lost to Oklahoma by 14.
0: We're professionals here. We lost it.
1: <laughs> yeah, I know there was three times that they lost it. I had to – click out of it because some random ad popped up and blasted my headphones and I uh, panicked to click out of it. But they've lost three times on their saving by 14. Uh, Most recently was 2014 Oklahoma Sugar Bowl.
0: Hmm. Okay.
1: And that was their biggest defeat on their saving ever until now.
0: Yeah. I mean, Nick Saban also didn't look the same. He actually said, I love the media uh, after the game, which was kind of that's like, Nick Saban's like, uh, I think he's 70. Is he 70 now? I think he's about 70. I think he's losing it a little bit. I mean, I, he hasn't been,
1: been around a while.
0: He, I mean, Oh, yeah, obviously. I mean, he's been around football forever. But it just seems like it's not the same Nick Saban like he used to be. I mean, we could just be saying that just because of this major defeat, but it doesn't seem like the Nick Saban of yesteryear.
1: He is 67.
0: Okay. Okay, so he's not 70 yet, but still 67. I mean, you, you wonder how long he's going to be staying around, and if this keeps up, how long Alabama's going to keep him there. Because, I mean, Clemson, they're they're bound to dominate them for the next two years, you think, because Trevor Lawrence, I mean, he's going to be there for probably two more years.
1: Yeah, I got that uh, hot take button ready. <laughs>
0: uh, all right. Three, two, one
1: coming Meyer will be the next Alabama head coach
0: <laughs> we're not gonna go there I mean urban Meyer he 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 sounds like he has no plans on coaching anywhere I don't think he I think he is legit done at least being a full like a full-time head coach I can see him being like, Uh, assistant coach somewhere, or he's probably still going to be somewhat associated with uh, OSU for the next few years at least, But, or hopefully he'll be able to recover and get his health back in order because, I mean, that's obviously worry number one for him. But I don't see him leaving that state and going to, like, Alabama anytime soon.
1: No, because they were saying, like, Ohio State is, like, the dream job for him. Like, it's where, kind of, he always wanted to be. Um, But, so, you kind of led into it. Rick, do you think that this is going to be a changing of the guard of ushering out the era of Alabama dominance and issuing in Clemson?
0: Well, no. I I think Alabama is still going to be dominant. Uh, But, I mean... It would honestly kind of be nice to see them play once during the year instead of at the bowl game for me. Just to see where both these teams really match up. So, uh, do I think it's the changing – I mean, it's the changing of the guard, but, I mean, it's kind of like on a seesaw right now, where right now it seems like Clemson's up, but they're probably going to be pushed down. Uh, I think Clemson will be there for the next two years. Um Alabama will also probably be there, but underneath the the gunslinger Trevor Lawrence, I mean, it looks like that's not going to be changing anytime soon.
1: Because I mean, both teams are bringing a lot of starters back. I believe both teams are returning eight starters on the offensive side of the ball.
0: Yeah, I mean, and that's it's going to be great to, in a way, watch this again. But also at the same time, if this keeps up, if it's just these two teams for the next five years, let's say, then, I mean, the college football playoffs needs to be changed to an 18.
1: Yeah, especially if it's just these two.
0: Because, I mean, everyone loves an underdog story. Everyone loved that Oklahoma got in. I mean, they did not perform as well, but everyone loved that Oklahoma got in.
1: But so here's my thing, though, and they were actually talking about this the other day on um, ESPN. Isn't the point of the college football playoff to determine a champion?
0: Yes. But...
1: Would you say that ever since the college football playoff has been introduced, have they always picked or has the rightful champion always won? Has there ever been a team that has won and you were like, uh, they shouldn't have been it?
0: I mean, that's a very good point and I would say, no, I would say pretty much every single year, it seemed like the the right teams were in the championship game. So I, I would agree with that, yes.
1: Right. So What they were saying is, you know, everyone's saying, oh, we need four, we need eight, we need 16. And even though I personally would like to see more, I think we can all pretty much agree that it's doing a better job than the BCS where sometimes you had two national champions. Like the national championship game would sometimes be between, I think it was the one year LSU played against like Ohio state and it was the two versus three and USC was the number one team in the country and finished as number one.
0: Yeah. I mean, I, I, that's, that's very hard for me to debate. The only, I'd say the only reason why I would want a, a team playoff is just cause it's getting, it's in a way it's getting tiring seeing Alabama and Clemson, and I'll I'll put in the Georgia Bulldogs as well, since they were there last year. They're almost, pretty much they're almost here the past few years as well. And it uh, always really seems like Ohio State uh, is in as uh, well. States, yeah, Ohio State, yeah. But I mean, if all these teams that seem like they're that good, but don't get in, like I mean, people argue that uh, the Bulldogs should have been in instead of Notre Dame. Yeah. That would fix that problem, though, if there was an eight-team playoff. So, to my counterpoint to that, if there was more teams, there'd be more pull. Now, I, w- I will agree that there may be the one team that doesn't deserve to be there. Like, say, I don't know, who's like A-C. Like seed. Uh, UCF. Yeah, yeah. UCF. I mean, I would love to see UCF get to the finals, but do they necessarily – deserve to be there they're playing a less harsh of a schedule as say as like alabama's and georgia's uh with the qualities of team uh but also what this may do is branch out uh football uh football players to go into these schools so yeah you you'd be on alabama who's going to be a national championship who's going to be in the national championship. It's almost a guarantee every single year that's going to be in the national championship. But, but, you're not getting any playing time. Whereas, if you go to, let's just say, let's just go like, Miami. I mean, Miami gets a good pool of players, but not as good as they used to be. This would definitely bring back some players to the U because they would get more playing time there and would be able to shine there. So, it would throw a... Throw a screw in there, change things up, and maybe the U would get in every once in a while.
1: Right. Type. So instead of like everyone rushing to the teams you know who are going to make the four, like if you yes. widen the field, maybe you know it widens out a little bit. Instead of everyone's going to go to Ohio State, Alabama, Clemson, Oklahoma.
0: Yeah, exactly. So if you if you were able to do that, then I think it would be a better quality because. Overall, the bowl season for me kind of sucked. It was all blowouts, including the national championship game. Yeah, which it shouldn't have been a blowout, but it was a blowout. It pretty much was all blowouts. The best game was uh, what was it, Clemson and uh, OU? Yeah, I, I think I think that was the best game. That was a better game because at least there was multiple scoring drives. I mean, it was like a a decent side. Dif- uh, points difference with over 10 points but like still
1: hmm. I think be better I'm trying to find the stat right now who was the last Pac-12 team to make the playoffs
0: to, to make like the final four playoffs yeah wasn't it Stanford
1: I believe so.
0: Yeah, it was Stanford because Stanford, that was the Christian McCaffrey's of years.
1: Yeah, that was it. Because yeah. it seems like the Pac-12 now is always the odd man out.
0: Yeah, because I mean it would actually no, I'm sorry, it was Washington, right? Washington, not 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 Stanford. Washington It was Washington was like number three, but they got out early.
1: Yes, you are correct.
0: A few years ago, uh, uh, Alabama took them out, I believe.
1: But, like it seems like they take everyone out. Yeah, right. So, yeah. I mean but, Um I do I do think it is working, but I like what an eighteen playoff would do is it gives you virtually every conference champion in three at large bids.
0: The the only negative side is the point that you, you brought up before. The team that doesn't necessarily deserve to be there may mm-hmm. win. But I mean, I would also accept that because, I mean, you look at the NFL right now, you, you'd you argue, say, both the Eagles and the Dallas Cowboys. Do they really deserve to be there? They, they did not play amazing, but did they really deserve to be there?
1: My unbiased self, my bias self is not going to comment. Yeah, I know you won't.
0: So, I mean, but also that, that brings drama, that brings the whole underdog story of, The Eagles last year.
1: Did someone say underdog? Yeah, man.
0: So, so I mean, it it brings great storylines, and honestly, I mean, I hate. I'm not a big fan of the NCAA. They're a billion dollar, like non. What is it? Billion dollar nonprofit organization that doesn't play their uh, doesn't pay their athletes. I mean, it would drive more revenue towards them. So, yeah, you'd kind of want to do this. Also, it bring reason to. Get, like, the Rose Bowl involved in it and and the sh- and the get all the main bowls back in it. Make that the the round of eight bowls, like the big four. The Sugar, the Rose, the Orange, and the Cotton Bowl. Make yeah, because that-
1: it's a rotation of six bowls. And every, like, whatever, however many years, two of them mean absolutely nothing. Mm-hmm. And then even yep. so, like, say the Rose Bowl is the semifinal, you're taking away the traditional Rose Bowl showdown of a Big Ten versus a Pac-12 team.
0: Exactly. So the, the, only, the only other bad thing I would say, maybe scheduling-wise, it, it, would, it would kind of be a little bit of a nightmare for the NCA because then they would have to have, like, a couple of games on the first and the second. Then it would be a little bit longer into the season, possibly – or they could they could do it a little bit earlier because I mean these these teams don't play until uh, the first and the seventh where there's all these other meaningless bowl games like the effing cheese it bowl <laughs> like which which only showed like what like fifty thousand turnovers like that that was like a crazy bowl
1: yeah there was but, like seven eight interceptions total by both teams yeah so
0: it just seems like instead of us having to watch those bowls, make these bowls more meaningful.
1: Did you see the meme that said, name your own bowl and it was the last place where you shopped plus the last item of food you ate plus bowl
0: yeah uh, I-, I tweeted on the wide open underscore Cast because I saw that I made it the Amazon mac and cheese bowl
1: I think mine was the Amazon – mine would be the Amazon Cheeseburger Bowl. Nice. <laughs> Dude, it's so funny. Um, has Trevor Lawrence already cemented his place as next year's Heisman winner?
0: Um, definitely a Heisman contender. Like He'd be an odds-on favorite at the beginning of the season. Uh, winner? No, because that's just ridiculous. Other players can win it uh but I, I would say he's definitely a contender
1: there was a lot of contenders that faded away very early into the year this year
0: yeah so i would say he's definitely he would be a contender but is it cemented hell no
1: are we gonna see a rematch next year
0: i would put 30 percent of what i own on yes there would be
1: wow bold uh that's a bold move there rick I would I, actually probably follow you.
0: I mean, the only other team that like that would worry me would be the Georgia Bulldogs, but I mean, uh, you you think that just what tradition seems to be like in Atlanta football of being just a choking hazard that they they would not be uh, they would not be there. But well, I have to say,
1: worst play call: Kirby uh, Kirby Smart's fake punt or Nick Saban's fake field goal.
0: Uh, fake field goal, 100 percent fake field goal. Because you just you just took points off the the board and and you made the you just turned over the ball. I mean, both were pretty bad, but I would say the fake field
1: goal was still, gifted Clemson points.
0: Yeah, pretty much exactly. Or, or gi- gifted them negative or gifted Alabama negative points.
1: Yeah, it's if you're gonna take those risks, especially. I mean. Imagine the Eagles Super Bowl last year if all those fourth down risks don't pay off. Yeah, you know if you're gonna take those risks, you better make sure that they're working.
0: Exactly. I mean i I think there will be going back a little bit. I think there will be a rematch. I just I just pray to God that Saban doesn't give doesn't get look like such a fool, like he did this time.
1: Yeah, did Dabo put on a masterclass against him? Yeah, he did. Um. So, do you think that this is going to have a serious impact on Saban's legacy, though?
0: No. I mean, it, he has one bad lo- Yeah, it's a big game. He has one bad loss. But sh- look what he's done. No way this is going to... Every, everyone's everyone's going to like remember this game as like, Sa- Saban, uh, Saban got fooled on this one. He looked pretty bad on this one. But is it going to be... Like a like a detriment to his legacy? Hell no, because his his legacy his legacy's fully like fully submitted now. He doesn't have to do anything. The only way the only way this would go sour is if a Paterna or a uh, Penn State controversy happens. Something like that. Some something real 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 bad. Because honestly, I th- I've thought about it a little bit more. Thinking about Urban Meyer, I I would say Urban Meyer's Urban Myers' career isn't necessarily on a ending on a bad note because of what happened at the beginning of the season or what happened a few seasons ago with his uh, assistant coaches. But I I wouldn't say Urban Myers Urban Myers' uh, career has any bad points to it. But uh, well, what might I to say? Any
1: bad points?
0: <sighs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a bad point, but it's not like destroyed so he's going to come
1: back and coach Alabama yeah right Uh,
0: so the only way Saban's career would be destroyed is if like something happened in Happy Valley like that that may happen in Alabama
1: and it seems like Nick Saban has like his fingers around the program enough that nothing like that's gonna happen
0: yeah I mean that that's also another thing like Nick Saban he's I mean conspiracy theories call me out whatever nothing bad like that has ever happened with Alabama under the head of Nick Saban
1: no not at all I don't I honestly don't think it will
0: yeah and it would be it would honestly probably be bad they probably won't call them out on anything uh if it does happen because it would hurt college football for a long time just because how dominant this team is Mm -hmm. I'm more curious about now that I think Clemson is the more dominant team, like how will it affect ratings at all for for college football? Because whatever you think college football, what do you think? You think Alabama. Yep. I, if not that, you think Nick Saban. Yep. So now now Clemson and Dabo Sweeney, I mean, yeah, the, those are nice schools and all, but is it going to keep the ratings up like Alabama has for the past, what, 15 years it feels like?
1: Mm-hmm. And so. Plus two, it's like if we're gonna get so used to seeing Clemson, Bama, it's it's like Warriors, Cavs, all over again. Like it, it, it's like does it make it worth watching? Because you know who the end's gonna be.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't know. I, I feel like people care a lot more about football overall than they do basketball. So I think it isn't as bad. I mean, if this happens for eight years straight, then yeah, it'll be bad. But I, I mean, last year, I mean, they got Georgia in. It was still Alabama. They got Georgia in. Then it was Clemson, Alabama, and so on and so forth. I there are different teams that have been able to get in there, but the one consistent factor has been Alabama. So I, I, th- I, I think it, it won't be that bad until Alabama is completely out of the picture.
1: Which probably won't be until, like, um, Saban leaves.
0: Saban leaves, we'll have to see what happens next. Because, I mean, they might be able to uh, stay as a contender without Saban. So, I mean, it is Alabama football.
1: Right. And they'll always find a way to, like, stick around. They'll always find a way to be competitive.
0: And Alabama always finds great coaches. Oh,
1: yeah. I mean, I'm sure. How many... um, How many of those um, assistant coaches of Saban are still out there at the moment, right?
0: Uh, There are a ton, and not many have been successful against them.
1: Name the only college football um, playoff national championship that hasn't had Bama or Clemson in it. (sighs)
0: That's a good question.
1: ultra Bowl national championship
0: Yeah, you know i have no idea i don't even know who to pick There's
1: 2014 like- ohio state beats oregon
0: that's right okay that's right yeah zeke elliott and uh Mariota. that's mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. okay
1: wow perfect transition over into the nfl there right yeah right yeah so speaking of um rick let's get into divisional round weekend um I woke up probably about 30 people screaming Sunday night after the double joint <laughs> We were all... Uh, I was up at a buddy's house and just absolutely lost our, lost our crap, per se. Yeah,
0: I, I get it for you, man.
1: Um, So, looking at previewing this upcoming game, we're going to go in order, Rick, starting with the Saturday games. First one, Colts visiting Kansas City. Now, what this is being hyped up here as, Rick, is... It's starting to be hyped up as as the new trademark quarterback showdown of the AFC. The new era of Brady versus Manning. But instead, Mahomes versus Andrew Luck as the two best quarterbacks in the AFC basically ushering in this new era. You know, Brady in the twilight of his career. He's been around for a while. Rivers has been around for a while. A lot of people are hyping us up as the new Manning versus Brady. Do you agree with that statement?
0: Um, I, I'm going to say no, just for the sole fact that, I mean, yeah, Pat Mahomes had an amazing season and, sh- in my opinion, should be the MVP of the, of the, of the NFL this season. I'm going to say no just because we've only seen one season of Pat Mahomes. A, I mean last last year we thought Blake Bortles all of a sudden found something a lot of people thought good things about Blake Bortles and then he fell on his ass this year pretty much
1: keyword thought
0: yeah so yeah like he's having this amazing co- career defying season but let's see if he can hold it up i think it's a good i think it's a good headline like the new Manning versus Brady, I think that's a great headline. Do I think it's there yet? No, because we haven't seen enough of Pat Mahomes, in my opinion.
1: And would you argue that have we necessarily seen enough of Andrew Luck?
0: I I mean, we've obviously seen more, and we've seen what he's gone through and what he's been able to recover from. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I, I give more credit to that offensive line than I do, Andrew Luck, because that offensive line, I mean, is is probably just looking at this now. The remaining eight teams, I would say, probably the second best offensive line right now, mm-hmm. behind like the Rams.
1: And also, too, Andrew Luck is just getting the ball out faster this year, too.
0: I he well, he has he has the ability to because he's able to breathe. Able to breathe, in which almost cost his career because uh, the Colts just didn't build a offensive line around him. Now they need to keep these guys around for a few years if they're able to, and if they're able to do that, then I think Andrew Luck has a pretty good shot of winning a Super Bowl.
1: Because That's I mean, a very young, talented team right now: Marlon Mack, Ebron.
0: Yeah, yeah. Ebron's having Ebron's having a career year, a career saving year. Because it looked like Ebron like wasn't able to catch anything a few years ago. Now he's catching everything and is one of the leading touchdown scorers of of uh, in the NFL. So I'd say, yeah, I mean, T Y Hilton, Eric Ebron, Marlon Mack, they have they have great core characters there. Their offensive line is great. Their quarterback, great quarterback. Their defense is improved. But improved. But I will say their defense is better than the Chiefs' defense. In my opinion, I'd watch out for the Colts this weekend. I I think the Colts are going to get another upset. I I honestly think that. They're riding this hot wave. It doesn't seem like they're able to be stopped. They didn't have a great second half, especially their offense. Their defense had a good second half. They're offense did not but i would say they're the hottest team right now of their eight remaining teams afc and nfc combined they're the hottest team right now and the chiefs should be worried about them they should be real worried
1: about them sounds like a hot take
0: yeah so i would say i'm going colts over chiefs this week i don't know what you would want to say about that
1: Here's how I'm gonna lead into this. The first time Andrew Luck went against the Chiefs in the playoffs, the Colts were down 28 points late in the third quarter. Andrew Luck goes for 443 yards, four touchdowns, and they win.
0: Yeah, it, I mean it's still it's I believe that's the largest comeback. Yep. One, of the, one of the largest comebacks, if not the largest comeback in playoff history.
1: I was watching but, it with my neighbor, who's a giant Chiefs fan, because then I remember right after that, ironically, preluding into what we're going to talk about later, um, the Eagles lost to the Saints.
0: So I, I I would say I wouldn't necessarily go fully on that. I mean, it shows what Luck was able to, able to do in a bad situation, but... I mean, the Chiefs are still going to be damn good. I mean, Pat Mahomes is going to throw a billion times to, to uh, uh, not Kareem Hunt. Wow. Tyreek Hill.
1: See, that's what I was about to lead into, though, is I'm going with the Colts because, again, I agree with you. They're hot. They're playing well. Frank Reich has every single you know button pushed right right now with that team. You and I talked about this before, once the news came out with Kareem Hunt, is that eventually this team is going to feel the effects of his departure.
0: And I think they did in the past, in, in the in the closing games of the season, I think it did. Like, it really showed, because they, they kind of, they had one good running game, but there was, oh, say, three or four games left. They had one good running game. The rest, they were kind of one-dimensional. But I mean, they have they have the characters to be one-dimensional in a way of like the Steelers do when out was out. They had Antonio Brown, Juju Smith-Schuster. They had uh, Jesse James. Like they they had all all these players there that can catch. So in a way, the Chiefs right now are kind of have to. They kind of have to play like the Steelers as a one dimensional throwing team. Right. Because I don't I don't I don't really believe in their running game without Kareem Hunt.
1: Yeah, I don't I don't either. But, again, like you said, I'm still picking the Colts, but I think that the Chiefs can be very dangerous with it because of the year that Mahomes is having. And Tyreek Hill is a very good weapon. But, again, I'm just liking the Colts are such a hot team right now. They're playing very well. Ever since they lost to Philadelphia earlier on in the season, the team has been on an absolute tear. Yeah. Um, and I just think that, again – I just, I guess, call it the old Eagles fan in me. Andy Reid is gonna find a way. He always does. History has shown when Andy Reid gets very successful teams like this, he can't get the job done. Look at Philadelphia.
0: <laughs> Dude, I, I, I think Andy Reid's a little bit older and wiser. Uh,
1: For his sake, I hope so.
0: Yeah, so I, I don't think necessarily those mistakes will come to play, but, I mean, early early this week, you didn't think Saban was going to make those mistakes. So, yeah, I mean, anything can happen.
1: Not in a million years, I would say Saban makes those decisions and um, those things. So, yeah, I think we're both in agreement. Um, First matchup, we're going to go with the Colts there.
0: Yeah. Let's jump into the next game.
1: Cowboys-Rams in L.A. A lot of people, again, it might just be That frickin' cowboy bandwagon bullshit. But everyone is riding very high on Dallas against the Rams. For one reason. The Rams, for how stacked that defense is, especially that defensive front, they did not do a good job. They allowed (laughs) 5.2 rushing yards per game um, this year per carry. And Ezekiel Elliott averages 5.2 yards per carry.
0: So, I mean, they're hitting their average. Right. Um, Yeah, I agree.
1: So, a lot of people are saying that the Cowboys is going to be able to hold on to the ball, run the ball with Zeke, and keep that Rams offense off the field. I think it's just going to come down to Dallas' defense has been playing very well, but are they going to be able to stop that Rams offense?
0: Yeah, I mean, Todd Todd Gurley, he's reporting that he has no lingering – uh pain right now when it comes to his knee, so it sounds like he's about 100%. And Tonk Gurley on a bad day is pretty damn good. Yeah. Uh, as well as, I mean, Sean McVay and his creative offense, they find a way. Um, the Cowboys' defense is probably going to be one of the harder defense they're going to have to face uh, in this postseason, if if not this whole year. Uh, I'll agree. I mean, they're, they're front seven is pretty damn good as well i would say not as good as the rams but pretty damn good as well
1: no they Uh, are yeah i will give credit where credit is due
0: but i i just think overall i mean cowboys are kind of i would say cowboys more more than i would say the eagles are kind of like the lame duck this year Like no one really has faith in them besides obviously the cowboys faithful
1: quote unquote faithful
0: Uh, so I am going the Rams. Uh, I just think that I just think, uh, they're going to be dominant and I will go into other reasons why I want the Rams. Uh, later on when we go into other predictions,
1: I do think that the, um, Rams are going to win as well. Just because I feel like watching those last two weeks, the Rams offense got their groove back. No. They got the
0: through back and they got healthy. I mean, especially on the defensive side. Like mm-hmm. their their secondary was pretty banged up. They're they're not all there yet, but I mean, they're a lot better than they were like say week 12, week 13. So, I think the defense is going to hold up, I think I think the Rams offense is just going to be I I wouldn't say unstoppable, but nearly unstoppable in a way. I I just think their offense is way too creative and I believe in Sean McVay so much right now that he's going to find a way to get around those linebackers.
1: And not only that, too, I just feel like Dallas is a team, you know, you said if you had to put Dallas and Philly is the same thing as, like, two of the lower teams left in the playoffs. But I feel like more so than the Eagles, because the Eagles are obviously returning a lot of players from a Super Bowl-winning team. I feel like Dallas is just a a team playing above their abilities right now. You know, Zeke is phenomenal. I hate his guts. He's an ungroomed gremlin. But he's very good. He led the league in rushing this year. you got to give credit where credit's due. And Amari Cooper is obviously a good move for them. I think Dak is playing way above his um, abilities. I, uh, I, I made an observation. I think sometimes Dak is so inaccurate that it saves him from interceptions. Like, if, if he misses his passes, they're just not even close, and it's so not even close, he misses a lot of interceptions. Um, I just I just think overall this Dallas team is playing above their ability. I think they'll, they're will they going to give the Rams a good game. Definitely think they're going to give them a good game. I'm not just like, oh, Dallas sucks, obviously, again. Somehow won the NFC East. It still b- burns a hole in my heart every time I say it. I have no idea how. But... You know, they got this far. Give them credit for it. But I just think the Rams overall are better. They're rested. And I think the Rams are going to learn from that loss to Atlanta last year. They're not going to let a game slip through um, their grasp at the Coliseum again at home.
0: Yeah, I agree. I second that. Also, you you said something really funny there. Like, it, it's <laughs> – he misses it so bad that he misses it so bad or something like that, whatever.
1: <laughs> oh, that, he's so inaccurate that he he's has less so- interceptions. <laughs>
0: Yeah, no, you said he's so inaccurate that it's inaccurate.
1: <laughs> oh, I did? Oh, God. Well, it's so inaccurate that it's inaccurate. Oh, great observation, Ben. All
0: right, let's jump into the next game, Chargers-Patriots.
1: Um, This is going to be a very good one. Yeah, I agree. I was agree. very impressed by the Chargers. They really figured out Lamar Jackson last week. The for three and a half quarters, the Ravens did not have a single answer at all to that Chargers defense. And that Chargers defense is playing without a lot of linebackers. They have three safeties in right now. But it's working. It's it's almost like when you get to the playoffs, sometimes doing unorthodox things works. I feel like that three safety look is working. It's like a half-ass nickel. Yeah. In a so, sense.
0: Yeah, I mean, yeah, I uh, I agree. Um, I, I think the Chargers definitely show that they're able to play with the big dogs, especially when it comes to Ravens. The Ravens' defense, they were score- scoring that pretty much without any problems throughout the game. I mean, they weren't always scoring big, but they were scoring. Because, I mean, the first half ended 12-6, to 6, I believe. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So like they they were scoring they were getting scoring drives they weren't making stu- really stupid mistakes they're a, they're probably the most consistent team right now when it when it comes to at football overall defense offense they're the most consistent team and Phillip Rivers is having a career year uh, and this is probably I mean depending on... Because you never know. It seems like you never know with the Chargers. Either they have a really good year or they have many bad years in a row. This is probably Phillip Rivers' last chance to win a Super Bowl.
1: I was about to say that I feel like this is going to be his last run.
0: And I think the Chargers are going to beat the Patriots. Now, I, I said before when we were talking about the Rams, I want to talk about my, my NFL conspiracy theory. I think... The NFL would love a LA versus LA Super Bowl. I think that would that would be the cherry on top. Say, yes, we wanted teams in LA. We wanted it so bad that we have two in the Super Bowl. Now I don't I don't think there's gonna be any like ref throwing or anything, but I know I think the NFL, even with the Chargers fan base not always showing up, I think they will travel. They will travel to to minnesota for the super bowl or i'm sorry that was last last year uh atlanta for the super bowl so i think that that will happen uh i'm going chargers this week
1: i'm gonna go chargers too because i just don't feel like it's the same patriots that we're used to
0: yeah and tom brady is definitely showing tom brady is still a great quarterback but he's definitely showing that he's not the same Tom Brady as last year. Uh, every single time that Gronk steps on the field, he looks like he loses a bolt somewhere. Mm-hmm. He just—he doesn't look like the same. I mean, Gronk is still a great tight end, but he's not the Gronk of five years ago. No. And ev- everyone knows that. Everyone can see that. He is not the same. And there's probably a reason why he was contemplating retirement recently.
1: I, did, I just really don't feel uh, like this Patriots team is like that – Unbeatable machine that we're so used to, at all. Like I feel like they're, you know, they're still very good. It's still gonna be a tough game. I think if the Patriots win, it's Patriots Colts. So I think the Patriots have a shot to get back to the Super Bowl again. Um, but I just don't think it's the same Patriots team. And the Chargers, their defense did very well. Their offense, if they figured out the Ravens, they can figure out New England.
0: Yeah, because I mean it's. That's definitely an easier uh, defense to score on. Uh, now the Chargers, I would say, in a way, this it's probably going to be a more tricky team to beat uh, when it comes to Patriots offense versus Chargers defense. And I always, you always have that feeling in the back of your mind that Bill Belichick and Tom Brady have something; they have something built up that they're going to be able to beat the Chargers. But I, I'm still putting my vote in for the Chargers. Uh, I was happy that they be, beat the Ravens last week. Um, but I, I, I'm going to go with the Chargers.
1: I think it's going to come down to if teams seen the Doug Peterson blueprint with New England. Don't take your foot off the gas.
0: And speaking of Doug Peterson, why don't we uh, jump into the the final game of the week, Eagles and Saints.
1: So what if I told you someone showed up? I was listening to the Fanatic the other day, and um, we're going to get into the Flyers in a, in a little bit with, our, um, quick, with a quick uh, spiel on hockey. Um, the highlight of the Flyers game the other night was that someone showed up to the Flyers game in a Cody Parkey Eagles jersey. Because <laughs> for those of you that did not know, Cody Parkey was the Eagles kicker last year. He got hurt in week one, and then I don't know. Jake Elliott kind of hit a big field goal against the Giants and kind of kept his spot. Uh, But I do think Philadelphia is going to keep this closer. I think what's going to hurt the Saints is the Saints haven't played a meaningful game in about a month. They're coming off of that week off. They rested everyone week 17. I think they're going to come a little slow out of the gate. But this Saints team is very, very good. And I, I know we have the Nick Foles magic, St. Nicky Six. But again, this is a very, very good Saints team. I, I honestly thought last year if it was Eagles Saints for NFC Championship, I didn't like the odds against New Orleans.
0: Yeah, I agree.
1: I mean, I, you know, again, I don't want to see this. You know, there, here's the talk. Foles, it's Foles, if they lose, it's Foles' last game in Philly, and all this other stuff. I, it's just in my head, the logical me, and even the fan me, is just saying this Saints team is too good. You know, the no matter Eagles, Magic, Nick Foles, Magic, whatever it is, I, I can't see him getting past New Orleans in New Orleans.
0: Yeah, I, uh, I think the Saints' offense is obviously, like, throughout this year, needs to carry this team. Um, they have so many dynamic players. They have probably the best one-two punch when it comes to a running game with Kamara and Ingram uh, left in in these, uh, these final four games. Or not these final four, but these four games. They have the best one-two punch when it comes to running back. I mean, Michael Thomas, uh, just amazing receiver. Uh, Drew Brees. I mean, he 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 looks more ageless right now than Tom Brady
1: does. Uh, I would one hundred percent agree with that statement. The Saints' offense averages thirty-four points a game in the Superdome.
0: Yeah, so that's that's not a look good, good look for the Eagles. Um, I mean. Well, the you know, the thing that he got going for uh, for Nick Foles is, I believe, every single time he's had to replace uh, Carson Wentz, he is undefeated so far.
1: Nick Foles, since taking over for the Ram- in that Rams game last year, where Wentz blew out his ACL, Nick Foles is ten and one as a starter.
0: Ten and one, but what I- what I'm saying is, he had to start this year. He he did lose a game this year. Right. Every 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 time he has to uh, come in for Carson Wentz, not including at the beginning of this year, he is undefeated. So you got that going for you.
1: And Nick uh, Foles is the first quarterback in NFL history to win a playoff game in back to back seasons in which he has started less than five, game, five games or less.
0: So, I mean, that's good. But at the the Eagles defense, they're beat up and they're old, in my opinion.
1: They're playing a lot better. Crevion LeBlanc came out of nowhere. Russell Douglas is playing out of his mind. Avante Maddox is finally playing to the potential he has. And Malcolm Jenkins is Malcolm Jenkins. I, if, In my opinion, if Philadelphia is going to win this game, it is going to have to be a repeat of last year's Super Bowl where they just got to keep scoring. You're not going to shut – the Saints have showed a little bit of rust. they slowed down a little bit, but they've had time to fix those problems. And, again, they're a very good team. And nine times out of ten, you're going to bank on the Saints putting up a lot of points.
0: And you know what's funny? Uh, Eli Apple, he is now a Saint. He's made some pretty big plays as a Saint. So, I mean, like, he wasn't that great on the Giants. He's made some pretty good – he's made some bad plays, but he's also made some pretty big plays, like a few interceptions – so I think Eli Apple is better than what people think.
1: Uh, Did you hear what Sean Payton's um, motivational speech was today?
0: No, what was it?
1: He walked in with twenty-five grand in cash and a Super Bowl trophy, put it in front of the players because twenty-five grand is every player's um, bonus if they win the Super Bowl. And he says, "You want this? Get three fucking wins." That's
0: that's pretty motivational.
1: Yeah. <laughs> that was- just putting thousands of dollars in front of your players in a super bowl trophy you want this when when your next three um so yeah if the eagles are gonna win they're gonna have to outscore the saints and i don't know if they're gonna have it this year you know the 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 fact that the eagles running game is virtually non-existent besides sproles and a little bit of wendell small with josh adams crashed back down to earth after one or two good games um i just don't see the eagles being able to outscore new orleans and that's that's what it's going to come down to i think yeah, I'm
0: gonna go Saints.
1: So hopefully, thankfully, if that result holds and the Saints end up winning, I will not watch it because I'll be at the John Mulaney.
0: <laughs>
1: um, so that's with the playoffs. But before we jump into the NHL, gotta take a look. At a lot of the coaching moves, been a lot of them lately. Um. When you're looking at a lot of the teams who um, have been looking for coaches, we've had a lot of moves in this past few days. Um, Matt LaFleur going from Tennessee to Green Bay. What are your thoughts on that one, Rick?
0: I don't like it. That sounds like a hockey coach name.
1: Someone was um, – Jeff, um, our good friend Jeff Maggs. Um, again, great Twitter account to follow. I told him the other day he's on fire. You can follow him at um, Jeff JeffMaggs5490. Uh, beat writer for the Jets, so he ha- he actually does have a lot of information and insider info on the Jets coaching job. So if you're looking for stuff on that, um, definitely go take a look out at him. He's also a big Rangers guy as well. But he had tweeted out um, those NFC North opponents better get be get a lot of um, good um, White Goodman things, uh, White Goodman gifts. Why is that? Uh, Lafleur from dodgeball.
0: Right. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Uh, so i thought that was good yeah i don't like that movie either for green bay um i do like bruce arians to the bucks though yeah,
0: he he'll, he, sh- he should have a better he, he'll probably do a better job than what he did in the booth this year because he was he was worse than uh jason Wynn was in the booth in my opinion
1: yeah, jason Wynn did not have a good year
0: <laughs> yeah so i i would say uh, good good for him get back in coaching Bucks I think is a great fit for him. And you know who his OC is going to be? Byron Leftwich.
1: Wow, really?
0: By- Byron Leftwich was actually with him in Arizona towards the end of his tenure. Like in this last year, he was kind of like a like a special assistant type thing. Byron Leftwich is going to be the OC there.
1: Wow, very that's that's very nice.
0: They've worked together and I mean Byron Leftwich I believe does have a great offensive mind, and probably because they probably have to, they probably have to keep their quarterback. I mean, because I mean, Fitz Fitzmagic is done; he's retiring. He has to retire. After
1: and this apparently, show. Bruce Arians is a giant fan of Jameis, which will help because he needs a lot of help.
0: Yeah. So, and I think Byron Leftwich was a very similar type of quarterback to Jameis, maybe not as mobile but a very similar type of quarterback. So I think that'll definitely help down there.
1: Um, Jets still looking for their move, but yeah. Mike McCarthy said that he will only take the Jets' job.
0: Which is uh, interesting, because, I mean, obviously the, the benefits of that is startled is and the defense can be easy. I feel like their defense can be easily fixed wasn't as great as it was uh, last year, but their defense can be easily fixed. And you have Darnold, you have a young QB, and you saw what Mike McCarthy does with young QBs. Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. I mean, Aaron Rodgers was a gift to him. It was, it's very rare that the changing of the guard for a quarterback is that smooth when it comes to Brett Favre to Aaron Rodgers. It's so rare that ever happens.
1: Apparently, though, from, again, what I've seen from uh, Jeff is that the Jets are going offensive-minded. They've been a defensive-minded organization for so long, but now that they have Sam Darnold, um, they said they're going to look to step up and go more offensive-minded. And speaking of the Bucks and the Jets, Todd Bowles will be the Bucks' defensive coordinator under Arians. Oh, okay. Interesting. So he's moved on to greener pastures very quickly. Um, Freddie Kitchens to the Browns.
0: Uh, I was kind of – honestly, I was kind of surprised that they didn't stick with uh, Greg Williams. I think maybe the only reason why they didn't stick with Greg Williams is because Greg Williams is defensive-minded and Baker Mayfield, brand-new QB. They want to go more offense. So I can see that being the reason why. Um,
1: From what I've seen, a lot of people are happy with the Freddie Kitchens hiring. Like, even though Greg Williams took over, apparently Browns fans have wanted Kitchens for a long time.
0: Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't see any problem there. And he, he was the O.C. after uh, Tom, what's his name, uh, was fired. But, yeah, I I'm, I have no bad comments about that. Just a little surprised.
1: And they're waiting for Hugh Jackson to take over the Bengals. Um, my surprising move, Cliff Kingsbury taking over Arizona.
0: Why are you surprised about that?
1: I understand why. But he does not have the best tenure as a head coach in college when he was at Texas Tech. I know the reason why they brought him in is because he coached Mahomes and Manziel. So they saw what his work is and what he can do with quarterbacks, so they're bringing him in for Josh Rosen. But he has not been successful as a head coach, though. Granted, it's in college, but still.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, he's, he's had success with players, so I mean— yeah, I go with that. If you're if you're an organization that is looking to develop players like Arizona is cuz they are going to be rebuilding, I think, for a couple years now. So, I I think I think that's probably their best option there.
1: And apparently the Jets have wanted Kingsbury for the option too to work with uh, Darnold. And then lastly, Vic Fangio taking over the Broncos, the Bears defensive coordinator.
0: Uh, I, I'm more interested on this. Uh, I mean, I, in a way I understand he, he honestly did it. He obviously, he did a great job with that defense. Uh, and the Broncos, uh, are a defensive team, but they need to do something offensively. They trade away all their players that I don't know if they can keep the case Keenum because he did not look like the same case Keenum of yesteryear. Oh, no, no,
1: no, no. Um, speaking so, of great job with defenses, Nick Foles has beaten the number one defense in the league in the playoffs back-to-back years.
0: Yeah. Well, that's obviously not the Saints.
1: So Good uh, old Saint Nick.
0: So, yeah, uh, I'm a little surprised about that, but, I mean, I understand why they did that.
1: So, that's our NFL and football chat. For the week, again, you can find us at Wide Open Sportscast on Twitter on Wide Open Sports. Tell us what you think of our picks for this upcoming week. Um, sport we really actually haven't been able to talk about as much this year, Rick, um, but we're going to get into a little bit now before we get into this week's final drive, is some stuff within the NHL. Um, so we were just talking about. Before we get in, we're going to discuss basically some things we have seen from some teams. The two headlines I noticed um, this week in the NHL. Last year, the Golden Knights were on the verge of history other than their magical run to the Stanley Cup. The yeah. other part of history they were on was not so great. It was that at one point, the Golden Knights were on their sixth different goalie for the season, which had tied an NHL record. The Philadelphia Flyers have now officially broken that record. They have used seven different goalies this year, more than any other franchise has used in a single season in NHL history.
0: I mean, that's, it's a interesting scenario with uh, the flyers, the flyers. They seemed like they were going to be a, a pretty good team for the, like about two years ago. And then they kind of just faltered, and finally they had to fire their head coach. Um, I it, in a way like I don't like the Flyers. I feel bad for the Flyers though. Getting rid it's, of
1: Hexol and Hextall.
0: Yeah, I mean they had to do both of that, but like I, I kind of feel bad because it seemed like they were in a great place to move up in the NHL, but it just nothing seems to work. It, like, it just seems like the Philly Flyers, Philadelphia Flyers, always have that problem. Something there's always a roadblock.
1: Especially goaltending.
0: Yeah, especially goaltending. They they cannot keep a goaltender. No. I mean, and whenever goaltenders play there, they don't seem to play their best. Because I mean, Sergey Bobrovsky, the Vesna winner now with the with the Blue Jackets. You did not see that if when he was on the Philadelphia no, Flyers.
1: Not at all. Not even close.
0: They've always had that goalie plague ever since Ron Hexall retired.
1: And then, ironic, he went to the organization and got fired. Um, so, and then before we get into talking about some um, highlights with some of the teams, interesting stat. Alex Ovechkin and Sidney Crosby are now officially tied on career points.
0: That's pretty crazy.
1: Um, they started their careers the same night. Ovechkin has 637 goals, 532 assists for 1,169 points. Nice. Crosby has 431 goals, 738 assists, for 1,169 points.
0: So, I mean, that's that's pretty crazy. You you fear at some point this may happen? It's a, it's a weird stat, but it's bound to happen, just to how dominant of a goal scorer Ovechkin is and how great a playmaker Crosby is.
1: So. And you think about how they've dominated this era of hockey – but yet they're still about 1,000 points away from the great one.
0: Yeah. I, I mean, <laughs> yeah. I mean, he, he has a number that will never be touched.
1: No. You can you can literally take away basically every goal that Gretzky's ever scored and he'll still have more points yeah, than, exactly. like, everybody else.
0: But, uh, yeah. So, I mean, good for them.
1: <laughs> I thought that was pretty cool to share. Um. So, Rick, let's just look at some of the teams. Uh, starting from the bottom, um, some teams are seeing at the bottom right now. Uh, Senators at a fifteen and twenty-three record are at the bottom with the Flyers. Again, Carter Hart for the Flyers. Even though talking about the goalie, he's been doing good, but that's just that's a tough team to watch right now.
0: Senators uh, at the bottom is not a surprise. I mean, they. They trade away a lot. They had they did a lot of a lot of rebuilding, the starts of the rebuilding process for them, so it's not even a it's not even a shock that they're down there.
1: Yeah. Um LA King's down there as well. I mean, I feel like this was just a rebuild waiting to happen for a long time. That Kings team was dominant for so long.
0: I mean that like it they stuck with the old guard for so long, it seemed like. Yeah. Finally starting to nip them in the ass. So, yeah. And
1: your biggest offseason acquisition is Kovalchuk.
0: Yeah, and he, what is he, like, 38? He's, he's old.
1: And he's on the IR, like, every other week. Exactly. I'm hoping he plays for his return to New Jersey, though. Um, Speaking of, uh, Devils, they've gone on a little bit of a run. Still very far off of the playoff chase. Um, There's McKenzie, some hope. What were you going to say?
0: There's some hope though with McKenzie. I mean, I mean, I don't think we're definitely not getting into the playoffs this year. No, nor, nor should we even attempt. I don't think we should even attempt to try to sneak in like we did last year. Mm-hmm. If if we did, I mean, yeah, it'll be fun, but I mean, it won't put us in a good spot uh, in the coming years. No, I I think it like we're right now, unfortunately, kind of a rebuilding spot, and unfortunately, we're. We're probably going to be losing a lot of good players. But we do have Mackenzie Blackwood, and hopefully – I mean, I said this about Pat Mahomes. We haven't seen – we have not seen enough of Mackenzie Blackwood yet. But he has has the hype right now around him, and he's playing pretty good. So let's hope he he stays there.
1: He was the first goalie in the Devils franchise in eight years to post back-to-back shutouts. We miss you, Marty. Yeah, Niv Marty, two thousand ten. He's the first Devils rookie goalie of all time to post back to back shutouts. Uh, Rangers as well, just a local area. I think they're going to be in for a big uh, selling season soon.
0: I mean, they had they were last year though at the beginning of this season, I and mean, they they've been trying to re- rework things for a little bit now, and I think they they will. Uh, they're 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 about on the cusp of making one or two. Good acquisitions to to become a better team. At, at least a bottom playoff team.
1: Obviously. Do you think Lundqvist wins a Stanley Cup?
0: No, I do not. I, Lundqvist, that's that's probably one of the things that they, they're probably going to have to change soon. Because, I mean, he's old. Yeah. Right? He, is, he has been their old glory. They should retire his number. He deserves his, his number retired there. He played his
1: ass off. Oh, yeah, dude, he was the stonewall of that team for so long. Yeah,
0: but I, I think it's it's coming to a point where, I mean, he's had a few good games, but he's not as consistent as he used to be.
1: No, not at all. Um, The Oilers, dude, every time I try to get up on the Oilers, they just let me down. Yeah, I mean. Where would that team be without Connor McDavid?
0: They would probably be somewhere where the centers are at the bottom of the barrel but mm-hmm. if you have a player like that they can keep he can keep a, a team afloat i mean he's doing his best He's not obviously not the 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 top of the league but i mean he, he is dealing with what he can deal with i mean like they have some be- really bad contracts there i think that's that's a big thing they have some really bad contracts that they need to get rid
1: of and sure. another player that's been very uh, impressive out west Elias Pettersson for the Canucks has been doing great
0: yeah I mean Elias Pettersson that's it's a good I feel like they're in a good transition spot from the Sedin dynasty
1: yeah very very sad to see dude the Buffalo Sabres are relevant the
0: Buffalo Sabres I I mean it's this was bound to happen at some point because they were like, like the Oilers are now. They were a team that had such bad contracts. I mean, they had the, the captain Brian Gianta for years, which was a shell of what he used to be when he was on the Devils. Yeah. He was a complete shell. And, and so him being him being there, he's he's gone. He's been gone for a little bit. But, I mean, they have a bunch of young players that look like they know what they're doing. They have Skinner. They have Eichels. Like, they – they know. It seems like they know what they're doing. Seems like they're building something there. It really seems like there's some sort of hope that people have been, people especially in Buffalo, have been hoping for for years.
1: Yeah, especially Back, in the city of Buffalo.
0: Yeah, especially in the city of Buffalo.
1: And another local New York team, the Islanders, are actually doing pretty well this year so far.
0: Six-game winning streak right now, which yeah. is pretty.
1: Easy. Uh, I mean. Especially post Tavares era, yeah.
0: I mean Barry Trotz, man. And yeah. he. I that I think that's that's a that was a huge sign. That was that was the that was what got him to this point. I think he is such a great coach. Uh, especially he, he won the championship last year and shockingly didn't re-sign with the Capitals. Uh, for the Islanders to get them. Especially after a t- losing Tavares to the Maple Leaves, uh, it's it's they're in a great great spot right and now. And I mean, they also
1: kind of have a, a pretty legendary GM.
0: Yeah, true.
1: Um, a team, Rick, that I feel like is just on the cusp of making a big move is the Winnipeg Jets.
0: Well, I wouldn't say they're on the cusp of making a big move. They're they're a very much relevant team, and they almost made it into. The Stanley Cup playoffs last year, um, but they had to face the red hot Golden Knights. Uh, so I think I think the Jets are are a team that are going to be consistently in the playoffs. Do I think they're ever going to make the finals? Uh, I would say there's a twenty five percent chance of them making the finals. Um, I, they they need to. They do one more, one or two more changes, uh, and then the they will be there because they're a they're just like a big physical, fast team. Like they that that seems like, in a way, one of the most rounded teams, but it just doesn't seem like it's all there.
1: Speaking of the Golden Knights, guess who's back.
0: Yeah, they, they, they were off to a very rocky start this year.
1: Now, I think they've already climbed to the top of the division again already.
0: Yeah, I mean, and they made a lot of good ac- uh, acquisitions this year. Um, They still have their, their core. They got Paul Stasny. I mm-hmm. mean, the, they're a good team. They're, they're probably just as solid, if not more solid, than the Winnipeg Jets, in my opinion.
1: And I would definitely put – got to put the Flames, the Knights, the Predators, and the Jets at the top of the West, in my opinion. But yeah. I think it's uh, – you go.
0: Yeah, the Flames have been just building for years, and it seems like they've been building right. And if if they are able to win a Stanley Cup, I, they will deserve that new stadium that they've been wanting for years.
1: And then, I mean, I think it's fair to say the class of the NHL right now has to be the Lightning.
0: Yeah, I mean, it seems like year in year out, uh, they they're always there. I mean, they at one point they were like they are, they were the New York Rangers of the South, because it, it seemed like that was the only team that they traded with. Yeah, and they still have a lot of those core players that were on that Ranger team. Uh, but I mean, Steve Steve Eisenman's legacy there. Uh, I mean, as a GM, has shown and is still showing, because I mean they're just so they're so great. I mean, what they, they haven't even lost ten games this year.
1: I was about to bring that up. Yeah, they're thirty three and eight. That they're, they're the last team to go into double digit losses. Yeah.
0: Last team to not go into double. Yeah. Loss. So yeah, I mean that's. The Eisman era is still showing. I'm very curious what's going to happen after that era. Um, but, yeah, that's obviously the class in the NHL right now.
1: Yeah, so, I mean, we'll be seeing what happens there. You have the All-Star game coming up soon. Um, that's always a blast. I love the NHL All-Star game, the three-on-three.
0: Have you seen the uh, the All-Star jerseys?
1: Yes. What I saw, there are, um, they're like there's... black and white. Yeah, but they're special this year.
0: Mm-hmm, Yeah. They look pretty nice. I mean, like honestly, it, it's probably for me the most wearable All Star jersey in a long time.
1: Because they're usually like some freakish color.
0: Well, th- for the past few years, it seems like they've been some freakish color. And then years before that, I mean, they were they were consistent. It was like the uh, the West was blue, the East was red, so they kept with those type of de- designs. Right. They're, they're keeping uh, each team's logo, like the individual player's team's logo, but they're going to be very similar, uh, like otherwise, on the rest of the jersey. Like the rest of the design of the jersey is going to be pretty similar to uh, each other. So
1: I like I think- that a lot.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, feds. <laughs> I like that a lot.
1: Yeah, that's a good one. It's- so. With that, why don't we jump into this week's final drive? Um, first man. off, looks like we had some Royals employees got caught on a drone playing Mario Kart on the Kaufman Stadium jumbotron.
0: Good for them, man. I would love to do something like that. So cool. Any, any, I would honestly, I mean, see I would love to do it at the Devil Stadium. I'd love to do it at the Mets. I'd love to do it at Heinz Field. But, I mean, to do it at Coffin, with their Billboard being as famous as it is, not Billboard their Jumbotron being as famous as it is, I would love that. That's awesome.
1: Last year, a lady set a fire in the outfield at, like, 4 in the morning, coked out on drugs. Now they're playing Mario Kart in the outfield.
0: <laughs> well, I mean, it's, it's a little bit more innocent. Let's just say that. Yeah. Uh, next, the U12 soccer match in Brazil. Sees an injured player' foot run over by a cart, sent sent to give him medical care. You ever? Uh, this reminds me of when, in the early two thousands, Mike Madano got injured and he had to be stretchered off the ice. As you, uh, they were actually this is the only probably one of the only times I've ever seen this in any sports, uh, any sports uh, show. Where they're actually showing Mike Madonna being put onto the ambulance. Mike Madonna's being put onto the ambulance, but the the wheels fall, up, fall fail, and he and the stretcher drops him onto the ground. You know how the stretcher like the wheels are supposed to like kind of fold in, yeah. so it's easy to push uh, the person in. Mm-hmm. He fails and he falls on the ground. Is like the is the stre- It's funny now. But then, like, that looked, like, awful. Because, obviously, Vodano's injured and being put on a stretcher into an ambulance to go to the medical center. Now, it's probably a lot—this is probably a lot worse. because dude is needs to be carted off, and the cart runs over his injured foot. Yeah. <laughs> like, what the hell? Like, what, is, what are these guys thinking?
1: That's—yeah, I saw that. I watched the video. You can find it on Deadspin, dude. It's, it's, it's hysterical. Um, Ennis Cantor will not be joining the Knicks in London over fear for his life because his disputes with the Turkish government continue.
0: What's his disputes? I actually really don't know this story. He
1: um, so uh, he's spoken out about the Turkish government, um government in turmoil, and they the Turkish government actually put out like a warrant for his arrest. Really? And they've been, like, basically... And he said they falsely charged his father with terrorism, conspiracy, and arrested his father to bait him into coming back to Turkey so they can either execute him or put him in prison for speaking out against government. So he said, look... I'm not going to London because I'm not putting my life on the line over there. Because you know you're going closer to Turkey. You're in Europe. A lot easier to get there. So he's like, I'm not going there. I'm not putting my life on the line.
0: I mean that that makes sense. I mean I probably wouldn't want to do that. Uh, the only other time I can think of that uh, something like that is going to WWE. Sami Zayn. Uh, he is a obviously a wrestler for WWE. He uh, they did a few shows this year over in Saudi Arabia. Obviously, there was like the big controversy after the murder in the embassy type thing. Uh, But before that, they did a bigger show there. And Sami Zayn didn't want to go over there because his religion, he, he would probably get prosecuted over there because of his religion. So he could not go over to Saudi. Wow. Yeah, that's pretty crazy. Uh, next, uh, Zion Williams becomes the first Duke freshman in school history to have a 30-10 team.
1: A uh, 30-10 game, my fault. I'm,
0: I'm sorry, 30-10 game. Uh, I mean, Zion is Zion. I mean, he's going to be number one overall, so I, I don't really –
1: Stephen know. A. said it's worth tanking for. <laughs>
0: yeah, I mean, everything I – fe- I feel like to get – Get up in the in any sports organization these days. Some sort of tanking uh, needs to happen.
1: Yeah, well, I forget what game it was last year. It was the Tank Fest, where like two bottom of the barrel teams. I think it was like the Mavericks and the Suns shot like twenty percent from the field, and purposely like just kept turning the ball over because both teams were trying so hard to lose. Really, and of course now the Nets are like the 7th in the East right now. They're actually a half-decent team. year. They actually get a draft pick back. But what are you going to do? Um, Crystal Palace goalie Wayne Hennessy from the Premier League is under investigation for allegedly making the Nazi salute in the background of a team photograph while they were out at dinner. He said he was trying to tell the person to hurry up and take the damn picture. But it looks, if you look up the picture, it looks a lot like he's throwing up the Nazis
0: has he ever had anything like nazi thrown his way
1: um someone like had put out a picture of him doing it like during a game but it would look like more like he was giving instructions they're they're trying to pin it on him basically
0: yeah that just sounds like some sort of made up thing that the enemy team wants him off
1: stuff like that happens all the time like Tottenham was getting ready for a big game like a year or two ago and the other team found a Delhi Alley um, like sex tape, like a porno thing and leaked it on Twitter to try to get in his head the week before the game.
0: You know, you know what's interesting? I I feel like probably about 10 years ago, uh, that was probably more controversial, but now it's like, uh, I, I mean, like everyone, obviously everyone wants to see it, like I, I mean, I didn't watch it, but every girl probably would want to see it that's a Dele Alley fan. Uh, and it's uh, not as controversial. I feel like it's it wouldn't get in people's heads anymore, just considering how nudity has become so uh, apparent in society when it comes to like all these... Actors and musicians doing nudity is becoming more of a common thing to see someone naked now.
1: So it's pretty funny that you brought that up. Our film study teacher was talking about that once. About how it's like in America, when we're watching film and movies and stuff. How many people do you and I watch die on a movie screen every year?
0: A lot, yeah.
1: Right, so we're so accustomed to seeing like people get shot at, watching like Terminator and all that stuff. But one nip slip in a movie, and everyone's like, "Oh my god, close your eyes!" Yeah,
0: yeah, I, I feel like it's definitely becoming more common to see. I mean, honestly, in America, probably in like 20 years, I would I would not be shocked to see more nudity in America on TV, uh, just like normal broadcast television. Because I mean, it already is on on like uh, european channels and stuff yeah i would not be surprised to see that here yeah I could, I,
1: I could see that coming so the way millennials are nowadays
0: yeah and the way christian values seem like because obviously it's a very christian country and a lot of these rules are based off christianity exactly other religions how it's not as apparent anymore i definitely see it
1: maybe it's a good thing you have that nbc news um bit on your soundboard <laughs> NBC News or whatever that you played at the start. <laughs> um, the, the... <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. Well, yeah, whatever. <laughs> um, what you got next?
0: Uh, Derrick Rose is under scrutiny for telling doubters to kill
1: themselves. That's not a good look.
0: Yeah. Um. There's probably definitely. Uh, it honestly would probably be better for him to just say "fuck you" than kill yourself. It's that in a way that comes off nicer than kill yourself.
1: Well, that it's actually gonna um add into what we're gonna wrap it up with this week. Um, after lo- legendary Bayern Munich star Frank Ribery um is under scrutiny at Bayern for telling um, he was hanging out with Salt Bay in Germany to get like a two week like winter break. There's no games in the Bundesliga, and while he was on vacation, he was hanging out with Salt Bay and was like taking pictures of them and stuff. And a bunch of people were criticizing him for hanging out with Salt Bay instead of practicing. And he told all of those people, for their mothers and grandmothers, to get fucked.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I—I I mean, I—I didn't—I didn't necessarily say that saying "fuck you" is the best thing to say, but it's probably better than saying "kill yourself." Like your
1: self- grandmother, get fucked.
0: <laughs> That's an interesting one.
1: Yeah, the, the, the whole rant is very interesting. He's like, I hope I wish like a plague on your whole lineage. Like, Jesus Christ, dude, It was yeah, His his whole official thing, the main thing, was he. It was everyone's laughing like, oh, he told all of our grandmas to get asked.
0: Good for him. <laughs> Not really, but whatever.
1: So that is this week's episode. Yeah, man. Thanks for sweet. joining along, everybody.
0: Yeah, uh, hope you guys enjoy the episode. We love you. You really do.
1: Dearly. We're not going to tell your mothers and grandmothers to get fucked or to kill yourself. Please don't do that.
0: No, I, I want this episode.
1: Yeah. Um, and again, you can find us at Open underscore sports on Twitter. And don't forget that you can find the Wide Open Sportscast on SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play, and TuneIn. I'm Rick. I am Fed's. We'll see you next time. Have a nice night, everyone.
0: (laughs) tumble out of bed and I stumble to the kitchen Pour myself a cup of ambition And yawn and stretch and try to come to life Jump in the shower and the blood starts pumping Out on the streets the traffic starts jumping With folks like me on the job from nine to five Working